invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we have another stirring example of the rogues gallery of folk musicians from Michigan called the Yellow Room Gang. We'll be talking with David Barrett, and he'll be, more or less, croaking with us due to the effects of a head cold. But nothing keeps David down. You might say that David feeds his abundant and fruitful folk music addiction with a very successful series of commercial music creations, including his song, One Shining Moment, theme song for the NCAA, that's National Collegiate Athletic Association, Men's Basketball Championship for the past 30 years now. He's deep, he's poetic, he's creative, and he's less sick than he was yesterday as David Barrett joins us by phone from Ann Arbor, Michigan. David, I'm so pleased that you're making the extra effort to join us today for Song of the Soul. Mark, thank you for inviting me. I'm way down in my soul with my voice today, but I won't break in any Barry White songs, I promise. <laughs> Are you usually able to sing that low? Actually, yes. And one of the strange things, I spent a good portion of my early years singing Graham Nash high harmony parts for Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But in truth, I am a baritone. <laughs> well, and nothing like a cold to make it all yes, the more apparent. Yeah, need me to roots. <laughs> hmm. Well, I appreciate all the more that you're taking the time to be with us today for Song of the Soul. And I'm led to you by Jan Christ and other folks uh, because uh-huh. you're part of the Yellow Room Gang. I am. Are you all together founders or did this thing grow incrementally? Well, I got a call from Dave Tamulevich, who was part of Muster's Retreat. I've been living in Ann Arbor, where it's my hometown, now for 27 years. Anyway, Dave called me up and said, hey, we've got some songwriters. Do you want to sit down and talk about the songs you're working on and we're working on? And I realized that I'm pretty much a victim of uh, just, I call it the land of Dave, where I'm pretty solitude-oriented. And I thought, well, I'll get together with these people. And we've been doing it for, I don't know, 10, 12 years now. I, you know, flat out adore all the people, and they're all good songwriters, and we have a little bit of something to eat and talk about the songs or the ideas we're working on. And occasionally you record things together, right? Yeah, every once in a while we do a CD and, you know, based on pretty much the songs we're working on, you know, that we bring to the party. And then we go, well, I'll, I'll go over to the studio and knock it off. Or a couple of the guys got studios, have studios, so they do it that way. 
And you said the land of Dave. You live an isolated life. Are you actually an introvert? Yeah, I would say I live in the land of Dave. Yeah, you know, I'm a songwriter, of course, professional songwriter. I score films and write themes for the networks as well. A lot of that is pretty, uh, well, coming up with them in in the privacy of my own little studio. And so I spend a lot of time in solitude, yeah. That's the land of day. <laughs> and, and, and that's what you like. I mean, partly what I'm noting is there have been people I've met, like Bill Staines is one of them. He's a wonderful musician. He's a great yodeler, too. And a great yodeler, yes. And he does great stories and all of that. He's, he feels very personable on stage. But you can tell he's an introvert, that he really, there's something, part of him that really doesn't want to be in the limelight, except that he wants to share his music. That's a great way of putting it. I read a quote by Dylan. Of course, he has a million great quotes, but he talked about never giving it all away. I mean, it's the process of really writing and reaching deep is ultimately you and a piano or you and a guitar in a quiet moment. Whether You know, when I used to do more touring, then you really are alone in ways in hotel rooms and so on, where it's a very singular life. And I would say when I perform, I would say it's almost embarrassing having people. I always think, well, thank you for coming. (laughs) Uh, It's very nice of you. (laughs) And then I try to play these songs that, I mean, again, Mark, I do a lot of different types of writing. And the songs that we're going to be talking about here today are what I call my wine cellar. I write them. And I put them in the wine cellar and let them mature and become what they're going to become. I got a few in there that will never see the light of day. That's okay. And, you know, other types of writing, for example, if I write a theme for a network, well, that's more extroverted writing. It's a very different animal. Or if I write a score for a PBS thing, that too, while that's very singular, I'm playing against pictures that I'm being presented Whereas the songs that we're talking about today are songs that I write just because I flutter my eyelids in the morning and an idea will strike me and then I'll go and write it. And so if that makes any sense at all, these are the songs that you know really matter to me and were written out of the sheer, like I talk about, uh, you know, why the cavemen wrote on the walls of the caves. I mean, they did because they had stories to tell. And these are my stories. Well, let's share one of your stories right away. How'd you like to start off your Song of the Soul? Well, shucks. How about If Prayers Gave Wings? That's a, that's a new one for me. So, If Prayers Gave Wings. Are you actually a praying person? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And how do you pray? Some people just pray, help! You know, I mean, you know. No, 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 no. I'm not praying for a advantage of any sort. It's, for me, the process is more... Oh, to be mindful, to be grateful, to remember all those people in my life that have made it out of their grace, have helped, and just connect me to the past and the future. And ultimately to be mindful of the, I call it the big room, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is the one outside of the house I'm sitting in now beautiful words and a beautiful song folks here it is by david barrett if prayers gave wings 
I've gone looking for the morning Waiting for the sun to rise Your prayers gave wings the dawn would come Take these shadows from my eyes Mountains over yonder Lord, they make me feel so small If prayers gave wings, I'd break these bonds And I'd sail above them all Where our dreams meet On a golden street Wrapped in satin so high Where my heart goes When the wind blows With this candle that shines If I should awake and wonder How this vision could be true If prayers gave wings I know deep inside If prayers gave wings I trust this right If prayers gave wings David Barrett's song, If Prayers Gave Wings, it's from his CD, First, Last, and Everything in Between, which is kind of like life, universe, and everything, isn't it? A beautiful song, one I'm going to be carrying in me now that I've got introduced. I'm just newly introduced to your music, David, so I'm very excited to have you here for Song of Soul. One of the things that I note in there, and I don't know where your influences come from, because I'm just getting to know you. But I said, I think I heard David Massengill in your voice. Do you know David Massengill? I know of him, yes. I mean, I'm not personal friends with him, but he plays in Ann Arbor from time to time, and certainly is a wonderful songwriter. So in speaking of prayers and the big house that's outside of the house we live in, 
The big room. The big room. The big room, yes. What's your religious, spiritual background, present? Where have you been? Let's see. I grew up an Episcopalian, and like a lot of Episcopalian, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I wouldn't consider myself an Episcopalian, but that's certainly from whence I spring. I now attend a congregational church because there's a wonderful minister there that I just I sit up in the cheap seats. Um, I did a, I did a score on C.S. Lewis, who I'm a big fan of. The Screw Tape Letter is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, fabulous, just fabulous. Anyway, and he used to attend a, just a little country church in England, probably the most famous theologian in the world, and he would just go to a little country church and just sit and savor. And this congregational church, I sit up in the bleachers, and I just love being there. I love just sitting there. I don't have to do anything else other than just be there. So I would say... That, those are my organized religious relationships, although, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, you know, every morning before my eyes open up, I take a little while and try to be mindful of who and where I am. So you've talked about your organized religion, organized spiritual places. Do you have disorganized spiritual places as well? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, certainly, I think songwriting is an act of devotion for me without making it overly sentimental, but I think any writer worth his salt or her salt is trying to find words to place themselves in the midst of this river of time and and what that means or what it doesn't mean. And so I would say, you know, I write, I have children and I write songs of devotion to them just, you know, hopefully, in fact, one we have here today, I think, called Clary Pie, which is a piece of music that I is born out of just joy of watching her at that time, being about three or four, dance around the kitchen. So I wanted to capture that sunlight in music. Hopefully I did my job. So, you know, I guess that's disorganized <laughs> religion. <laughs> I'll take disorganized and organized. Let's go dancing with David Barrett and his daughter, Claire. The song that he wrote for her is Clary Pie.
that beautiful sprightly song is clary pie it's by david barrett it's from his recording the grateful life and uh, yeah i experienced it as uplifting i felt the dancing in there it grabbed me in a way that a song should grab a person well i have a saying about that mark and that is a good song is simply one that you want to hear again and hopefully when you want to hear the sound of sunlight you put on clary pie Yes. Well, if only this program was longer, I would actually play that again, just like, <laughs> <laughs> just to show. How old is Claire now? Oh, shucks. She's 23. So I've written many since for both my children. It's it's pretty unforced. I mean, I was for a while, I got asked, there's a guy who has a children's show and he said, well, do you have any children's songs? And I said, oh, heavens. You know, he, he did the show for PBS and you know, it turns out I, I just would write songs for my kids just because that's what I do. I'll tell you a funny story, and it's worth, I think, telling. I have a dear friend. His name is John Poussette Dart. And John is a great, great songwriter. He lives out in New York City. And his dad, Richard Poussette Dart, is a world-famous painter, a fine arts painter, who was a contemporary of Jackson Pollock. They were friends. So anyway, so you go to John's apartment in New York, and his dad literally would paint. I mean, this guy is at the Met. He's a famous painter. If you looked him up, John Pousset Dart, he's amazing. Or Richard Pousset Dart, excuse me. Anyway, so John's got a coconut. His his dad would like paint his way through his house. He said, "I said, John, what's up with this? You know, your guitar case, your the coconut on the shelf, <laughs> the wall, the bathroom." He just said, "My dad couldn't stop painting. He just would paint." He would come to my house, and instead of playing Pinochle, he would just sort of paint the back of it. <laughs> wow. And, and I, I, would say, I would say these songs, particularly with my kids, you know, they, they just, I paint. Yeah. You tune. Your fingers pick, I think. Yeah, a good day. So let's have some more music right away. We've met your daughter. We've got prayers, wings, and we've I think we sat in the back of the congregational church maybe with you. And now where are we going? <laughs> well, let's do a wise guy song, which I have an abundance of. I gave you one called Mom, I Love You, But You're Fired. That grew out of an actual experience where I was with a music executive and... <laughs> And he was, you know, in this big fancy office and so forth, talking away. And in just his mom rushed into the meeting and started railing on him about. (laughs) (laughs) And he was a very ethnic Armenian guy, and his mom was playing out that stereotype a little bit. And and I thought, here's this, you know, executive, and his mom's about ready to grab him by the ear. And you know, (laughs) I, I just found it humorous, and so. And also that was at a a period of time, Mark, where, you know, that was, I'm around the Detroit area of Ann Arbor, but where people were losing their jobs and economics were hard and still are. But anyway, I I tried to have fun with, you know, the origins of the idea and then basically try to talk a little bit about, you know, times are tough, Mom, you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have fun, folks. David Barrett's song. Mom, I love you, but you're fired. (laughs) Mom, this is so 
hard to tell you After all you've given to me Years of dedication Why you practically built this company But you've heard of downsizing Like when you shrunk my shirts I made a decision As much as this hurts Mama, I love you But you're fine Take a few minutes To collect your things No, no, there's no need to hurry Security will lead you out We change the locks, don't worry It's a global market Your job's overseas It'll triple our profits Wall Street is pleased My, love you But you're fine You're taking this too personally Can't we still be friends? You'll bounce back I know you will mention you lost your pension well grab your coat and hat over there be sure to say hi to dad here's a few dollars for a taxi here try not to look so sad in time you'll see the wisdom this cost cutting move some gotta win Some guy Mama, I love you Like my BMW Hey, Mom, I love you But you're fired It's a little bit paradoxical, folks, but that song, Mom, I Love You But You're Fired, is from David Barrett's album, The Grateful Life. (laughs) Sometimes it's good to get fired from a job. I actually did that kind of intentionally once when I told the manager of the hotel that he was senile. He took some umbrage at that for some reason. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, I have this problem. I tend to be a truth sayer, right? I <laughs> I don't keep my mouth shut as often as I perhaps should. And I, well, yeah, my lovely bride at times she calls it sharing. <laughs> I call it blurting, but that's just you know fine point. <laughs> You know, we're limited to a 55-minute program here, David. And so oh. so one of the things, it's one of the consequences I knew was going to be when I'm talking to a philosophy major. Some of, uh, some of our discussion is going to be out on the nordenspiritradio.org website. So I call those bonus excerpts. People go out there, they won't be included in the broadcast. So folks, remember to tune in and hear those. There's a lot of wise things that uh, get shared in the air when you're with David Barrett. But right now, we're going to share one more of his songs. Which is it? Why don't we try One Good Heart Deserves Another?
been lonesome I've been left behind I've known heartache Of the bluest kind So my wildest dreams Never thought I'd find A woman like you I've known promises That have not been kept Got this little baby now It's the only thing that I don't regret And I thank the Lord That I finally met A man like you Cause one good heart Deserves another This old heart of mine Was waiting to recover A Make a brand new start Cause one good heart deserves another There's no easy way No guarantees Love is a crooked road Who knows where it leads In my darkest night I still believe It leads to you I've been waiting here Just to take you in Never know, my dear Just how long it's been But I'm ready now This old heart of mine Is waiting to recover A little spark Make a brand new start Cause one good heart Deserves another A little spark Make a brand new start song folks one good heart deserves another by david barrett and there's a woman in there i would say it's iris dement if i had to guess at that voice but who is it you know her name is rachel davis who is an just utterly breathlessly wonderful <laughs> i i had recorded the song and i was looking for a female singer my friend jeff michaels who owns the studio said you know this gal's in town, Rachel Davis, maybe I'll have her give a go at it. I wasn't even there when she recorded it. She did it in one take, two takes. <laughs> in fact, I pitched a song for a movie recently, and she's on that as well. She's out of Nashville. Her husband is the bass player for Jack White, and she opens her mouth, and good things come out. <laughs> 
What more could we ask? Again, the song One Good Heart Deserves Another. It's from First, Last, and Everything in Between, one of seven albums that you'll find by David Barrett. And I want to remind you that you're listening to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, northernspiritradio.org. And on that site, you'll find 11 and a half years of our programs, free listening and download. You'll find connections to our guests. So if you don't know how to spell David Barrett, as in davidbarrett.com, you can find the link on northernspiritradio.org. Also, you'll find a place to post comments. Two-way communication is a number one in my book, and so I ask that you leave a comment when you visit to make our communication two-way. There's also a place to donate, and that's how this full-time work is supported. It's not by governments. It's not by corporations. It is because you, the listener, want to see this program continue. But even more important than that, I would like to ask you to first support your local community radio station, Community radio is so important because local music and local news is lifeblood to the community. National is just fine, but local is so beautiful. So please start out by supporting that unique take on news and on music that you get from your local community stations. Again, David Barrett here. You may have heard his name before. If not, you've almost certainly heard his music if you've watched basketball at the college level. The NCAA each year play a song, One Shining Moment, and this originated back in 1986. Let's tell that story, David, since you have a crazy distinction. You're a folk musician, at least on one side of your head, but you're also this rare thing, a high-power commercial composer, those usually don't land in the same person, but tell us about One Shining Moment. Well, shucks, I was living in uh, Hazlitt, Michigan. It's a small bedroom town outside of East Lansing, and I was playing a club at the time, but it was just a little gig I was playing, and I got done with my night's work, and everyone had cleared out of the bar, and I was just sitting having a beer, and arguably the most beautiful waitress in the Midwest, uh, who I'd been playing there for months, but she was so beautiful there was no point in even talking, so I hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) uh, In the darkness of that bar, she sat down next to me, just me and she, and ESPN. I was looking up at it, and I, of course, panicked. So I I was a bit of a basketball player, and I thought, well, okay, (laughs) I'll tell her about Larry Bird who was on the screen there and tried to explain to her the poetry of athletics, that, that some people are physically intelligent. And anyway, I was blah, 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 blah. About it, and I looked up again, and then she wandered into the darkness forever. <laughs> but I jotted down the title, One Shining Moment, on a napkin. And the next morning, I was waiting for a friend to have breakfast with. He showed up 20 minutes late. I wrote all the lyrics down on another napkin. I wish I still had those napkins, by the way. <laughs> and uh, went home after brunch and wrote the song in 20 minutes. And from there, I was in New York with a friend of mine who was a writer for Sports Illustrated. And I said, you know, his name is Armin Katayan. He works for 60 Minutes now. And said, Armin, you know, I wrote this song about basketball. I think it's pretty good. He said, if you ever record it, send it to me. And so this is the years of cassettes, not CDs and streaming. That fall, I recorded it and sent it to him in the mail. 
thinking, well, okay, cool, here it is. Unbeknownst to me, he took it over to CBS, took it to a guy named Doug Tui, who was, oh, I miss him every day. We lost him about four years ago. He called me. I'm with CBS Sports, and we love this song. And so it's been 30 years. Every year it's been on this you know, major event. That's certainly a beautiful outcome of that experience. But you also lost the most beautiful woman in the world, <laughs> or in the Midwest, I guess you said. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's a quick sidebar, yeah. In fact, while you and I are talking, there's a filmmaker in Los Angeles who wants to make a movie about that meeting. And two <laughs> years ago, Bloomberg out of New York flew in, and they found her, and we met at the same bar. Really? <laughs> yes, and I had seen her in 30 years. And uh, her name's Jan Shoemaker, and she lives in, I don't know, East Lansing somewhere. And they found her, and we sat down, and strangely enough, Mark, she teaches poetry and English and literature, and she said, I remember every word you said, Dave. And I thought, <laughs> sure didn't feel that way. <laughs> but she said she uses that song to teach young, particularly young boys, about the poetry that can come from sports. Wow, wow. You know, it's not all that often that folk musicians do much in the way of music about sports. I mean, it's kind of a rare thing. John McCutcheon has his album called Sermon on the Mound, <laughs> which I think is pretty excellent. Well, I think, if I not to get too in the weeds about one shine moment, but it's about more than sports. And it's about, you know, as one who... Basketball was a lifesaver for me. I was headed for trouble, and I picked up the basketball and thought, I sort of like this. And then pretty soon you're devoting your time and energy and practicing when it's snowing outside. You don't care. And a lot of men, young boys and young girls get bit by that bug. And, and if you listen to the song, it's about that moment when all that work pays off. And it's certainly true and a a good day when I write a good song, when it just the skies open and good things happen, and then you go back to the day-to-day -day of things. But every once in a while, oh, if you keep your eyes open, the skies do open. Or as the Zen saying is, first the ecstasy, then the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we better get back to the laundry here because we've got, <laughs> I think, a few more songs that we're going to share today. What's up next, David? Well, how about I wrote a piece called Elvis at the End, which is a different kind of songwriting. It's more of a better, and I don't compare myself to Mark Knopfler, but it's sort of a Knopflerish, a surreal bit of a story, and it's using sort of Elvis at the end as a metaphor for a romance that is no longer vital. This bar, the stage lights grew dimmer. He wore his cape and shades before he left the building. Before the music fades, love me tender rains in our ear. Tells us what we don't wanna hear. 
like Elvis at the end Such a sad commentary Trying to pretend These aren't ashes that we carry Barely waiting for the curtain to descend Like Elvis at the end Elvis Cadillac and drove up and down the strip. We put a call into Maryland and wondered Dr. Nick. But in the rear view mirror, the truth was gaining fast. Our love was almost over and we were living in the past. Trapped like a tidal At the end, such a sad commentary Trying to pretend these are ashes that we carry Very weeful, couldn't to descend Like Elvis at the end Are the pieces of the puzzle now Lie on the bathroom floor It doesn't really matter now The crowd calls out for more Trapped like a tidal cliche Thank you, Mama Here's all I can Like Elvis at the end Such a sad commentary Trying to pretend These are the ashes that we carry Barely waiting for The curtain to descend Ah, like Elvis at the end Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mama. Elvis at the End by David Barrett. And his website is davidbarrett.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. And uh, you do that accent a little bit better. I've noticed, e- even the way that you say shucks, that you've got some influences. Are you Michiganian-born? or I am, but I spent a lot of time down south and certainly in Nashville. And when you're there 
too long. I, I did a show once. I'm trying to think of the name. She's a big country uh, shucks. I can't think of her name, but anyway, I'm doing. She, she, we're in the back stage, and she goes to her girlfriend, girl, you a mess. <laughs> they have all these wonderful ways of saying things, and if you're down there a lot, they just sort of get into the language water table. Well, so I love drinking from the water table there with Elvis at the end. That's on It's a Long, Long Story. Again, one of seven CDs you put out, David. And Trap Like a Tired Old Cliche. Thank you, Mama. Wow. Were you actually an Elvis fan along the way? Yes, of course. Elvis was, if you were to design a perfect icon, it's Elvis. My daughter, Claire, at funny story, but this is the wee one when I took her to kindergarten. I walk her to school every morning. I, one day the teacher pulled me aside and said, I can't, I can't understand Claire. I, I can't understand. Well, apparently she'd been listening to Elvis. <laughs> when, 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 when her mom would leave, then we'd jump on the bed and listen to Elvis and James Brown, you know. So she got fixated on Elvis. So she was saying to the teacher, if I were a mom, I'm like my mama. Oh, yeah. And so the teacher couldn't understand. <laughs> so dad uh, was leading her astray with Elvis. And I, I just, you know, I think he is iconic and represents some, you know, soulfulness, certainly decadence, over-commercializing. But inside there is a guy who, you know, with a dream, picked up a guitar and, you know, a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah, some beautiful things came out of that, too. And, and of course, the sadness of a life too soon disappeared from the earth. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and that was the idea of trying to humanize. At the end, he was a bit of an empty shell, trying to be Elvis. I mean, it's still this person inside there, and he's stuck being Elvis. And, you know, when he can't be the icon anymore, and that's what I was trying to draw the parallel between... You know, this relationship was like Elvis at the end. You've got so much great music to choose from, both commercial and your what you call your music from your wine cellar. It'd be a pity if we didn't share a bit more. So what's next? This is one that's not anywhere. It's just for you to hear. It's called Some Rivers. And, it, and speaking of the subject matter, I've rediscovered the Old Testament. And so it, it to me, is... Uh, with my way of talking about that subject and probably the less I say about it the better <laughs> Some Rivers David Barrett Some rivers can't be crossed Some dreams are found Some songs become a sign 
David Barrett that you're not going to find on any of his recordings so far, although maybe next year, I understand, it'll be out there for the rest of the world. You heard it first here on Song of the Soul. David Barrett's website is davidbarrett.com. Got a link on my site, of course, and there's obviously some wonderful guitar on there as well as some really heavy piano. Who's the keyboardist? Well, that's yours truly. I grew up as a piano player, although I wish I would have practiced more. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I when I do scores, I sort of kid, I call myself, uh, I play like a chimpanzee with too much Red Bull, but, you know, that's me playing, and on one shiny moment, it's me playing, and a lot of scoring, it's me playing. There are many better piano players than me, but I play like me, and, and it apparently works. Yeah, it does work, but I 
when I think of you, I think of your hands dancing on guitar strings. That's what my picture now is. I've never seen you in person, right? So I, I just see a hand dancing on guitar strings. Well, could you bring out one more bottle from your wine cellar of music to share with the listeners for Song of the Soul? I can and I will. How about I'll leave you with The Grateful Life, which is a piece that when I get together with the Yellow Room gang, we generally end the night with it or end the first set with it. And it's so lovely having them sing on it, although they're not on this recording because I hadn't really met them yet. But I think that song was born out of It Happens to Tell the Truth as I See It. And you began this program by asking about, you know, whatever spirituality. And I I sort of uh, avoid too many words about stuff like that because they diminish the the truth of things. But I think I, at least in in my view, managed to put, ultimately, it's about being grateful and finding things that give you joy, not just joy and sorrow and, and those things that piece us together and hopefully... In the midst of, you know, I've gone through a whole lot of stuff that were pretty difficult. But even so, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful to have you here. Folks, we've been speaking with David Barrett. That's his website, davidbarrett.com, over in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Grateful to have you here. Grateful to have your music. Grateful that you shared some of the fine bouquet of drinks from your wine cellar. And really grateful that the world has also rewarded you by making your life of music viable. It doesn't happen to everybody. Some people just have to quit the music to work on the drill press, you know. Absolutely. And again, so many called, so few chosen. I'm grateful that some of this other work I do also helps the cause. But in the end, it's a guitar on my lap. (laughs) It's pretty simple. Again, thank you, David, for joining us for Song of the Soul. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you to Andrew Jansen for help with production assistance on today's program. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is The Grateful Life.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can 